1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take one. Knock, knock.
0: We're and Dana data and we can't believe you found I fucking podcast. podcast. Not podcast. We're,
2: we're so glad, glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it.
0: I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Stephen and Dana, and we're in the room. I
2: made it nice, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you have the cutest little. D- d-
0: I don't even know what that means, but thank you.
1: You're
2: so welcome.
0: <laughs> Hi, Dana. Oh, hi, Stephen! Welcome to In the Room with Stephen and Dana. I'm Stephen. And I'm Dana. You guys, I found something really terrible out about Dana today.
2: Come on! This is... What happens in the streets stays in the streets.
0: Oh, no, this is... I'm taking this to the streets. We were talking about... I I don't want to say the word because I want to have Ben... Guess... Say it so that we can see what he says. Um... Okay, uh, uh, how, how do you say it's a non-alcoholic beverage, but it has the word beer in it?
1: Um, near beer?
0: <laughs> no, A and W. Root beer? Okay, root beer.
2: Yeah, that's normal.
0: Um, oral surgery you can have? Uh, root canal? He says root canal. Dana says rut canal.
2: I do not. I say root canal. It's, it's oh, like, like a root. You,
1: what do you used to call the thing on the top of the house?
2: A, ru- a roof.
1: You say roof, but you say rut.
0: <laughs> and when she has to oh, dye right. her roots, she says root. You do? Well,
2: yeah, it's it's based on it's origin.
0: Just root. Oh, it's like the um. The, the, okay. I
2: think it's just root yeah. canal, and then like root beer, uh, root to toot toot root toot toot all normal.
1: So it's only root canal. Root
2: like root canal. Like, it's just hard to say, and I prefer not to.
1: You just made a little allowance for yourself.
2: I'm gonna be over here saying rut canal, and you guys can go play on the playground.
1: Maybe my milk? life would be better if I started saying rut canal.
2: I say milk.
1: You say milk. Yeah, no, but that's a thing. A lot of people say milk.
2: <gasps> M- milk is too much effort.
1: Milk. It's terrible. Oh.
2: Yeah,
1: but it's a thing. It's a real valid way of life. Do you say worse. Thank
2: you. You're my new best friend, Ben. We're
0: here with Ben. Wait, from but does
1: have you ever met anyone else that says rut canal? Like yes. There's...
0: Yes. I've yes. Yes. Anyone in Wisconsin? Anyone outside of Wisconsin? No, but like. Also, when I moved
2: here, moved to the East Coast from the Midwest, I had never heard anyone say, "I'm going to go stand online." Mm
0: -hmm. It's
2: you're standing in a line. You're not on the internet. That's that's
0: much more of like a that was new to me too. But it was the first thing I adopted. that I notice myself change one day. I honestly don't even
1: know which one I say.
0: I can't like,
2: do it. I can't do. I'm standing for someone. I can't do it. We're not.
1: Well, romantic. I hear people say "waiting on" when they mean "waiting for" because "waiting on" actually like means a thing. Yeah.
2: Yes. I see you.
1: But you know, who am I to to have opinions about people's language use?
0: You're Ben Rimalower, our special guest on In the Room with Stephen and Dana. Exactly.
1: Yay! 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 I've never been so thrilled to hear my name.
2: Oh my god, we are with, okay, we're with the cool kids tonight, because I've been such a fan of yours for such a long time. I've lived here about ten and a half years, and um obsessed.
1: Wow, thank So you. thank you for
2: letting me come into your space.
1: Thank you for coming in.
2: Upon coming Let's in. Let's talk about the space. Yes, it is my, I don't know, I want to say like. My adolescent and high school year dream, like it's every Barbra Streisand album
0: ever. I am represented in this room. You are. I am in a big way. In a big. In a big big way. way.
2: (laughs) Wait, what?
0: That war (gasps) paint.
2: You told me about it. Yes.
0: Life changer. Good for you. The 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 dangly sign over the awning, outside the theater.
1: You guys dangled it. I am here for
0: the permanent. I know oh, that yes. shit in.
1: It's not dangling anymore.
2: So tell the origin uh, story of how it got into this apartment. Well
0: I was uh working with Kinky Boots at the flea market this last fall and somebody bought it like the overhang sign that says war paint on it that yeah. was front of house. The Niederlander. And somebody bought it and they're like, I'm gonna come back in an hour and pick it up. Wait, they paid for it? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Broadway, look no, you don't get a refund, like you get a tax write-off. Um It's
2: final purchase.
0: Yeah. At four o'clock, the day of the flea market. Come on. Returns before noon. Maybe. Um anyway, somebody bought it. I'll be back in an hour. Twenty minutes later, <coughs> Ben walks up, he's like, I, I need that. <laughs> I said, Oh shit, well like we're holding it for somebody. It's sold, but he's coming back like at five fifteen. He's like I'll see you at five fifteen, and he came back at five thirteen. Oh my! Like God. fucking entering the lottery for Wicked. Like he took a walk, he came back with
1: an Alexander Hamilton in my hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he was just looking at his watch, and we counted down from ten, and the guy didn't come pick it up, and we sold it to Ben.
2: Sold it to Ben, or let Ben have it?
0: Sold it to Ben.
1: I did. Well, Stephen was raising money. I only had like ten dollars, but he let me have it for that. There we price. go.
0: Yeah.
2: Ah! What a find! What, what a, a find!
0: Get. Yeah, and it fits perfectly. Not it belongs only, in, um, our... in that slot, but in this room, in this apartment, here. I feel like you
1: guys are missing the good posters, though. Like where you're. Sitting. Oh, I saw them from the street. Read. There's
0: every Patty
2: poster you could ever possibly.
1: Everyone and some Bernadette. You know, I oh, just yeah. want to make sure the children listening get the full. Oh yeah. there,
2: There's a there's an original The Rink. There's a Patty LaPone Gypsy, Chess. Falsettos, Sunday in the Park.
1: Other purchase that day was that framed Evita. Jerry's Girls poster. I was quite excited to find. Yes. Also, really oh inexpensive. It was my first flea market. Really, isn't that crazy?
2: <gasps> How long have you lived here?
1: Twenty years.
2: Come on, that's atrocious.
1: I was. I. I don't know what my problem was. I just like. I didn't. The treasure trove. I, you know, I didn't get really into merch again until the last couple years. Like I was a, as a kid, it was all about the merch for me, and then I went through many years of being like, you know, nothing with anything on it. Sure. Um, yeah. But now it's I'm so just welcome. like, I want the, you know, with Hamilton your company toothbrush. T-shirt on. I mean, the drawers. You have a Hamilton ball. toothbrush. I would love one if you find one. I that's my <laughs> dream. <laughs> um.
2: I'm obsessed. Like this is a museum. It
0: really is. Let's the be museum. real.
2: Has she been in here? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: How cool are those three me. posters of those um, like candid, not candids. What do you call them? Like Rejects. whimsical, yeah. Like rejected shots from the Evita, uh I'm I'm really shocked shot. that
0: wasn't. A- the tone they went
1: for. you know what, it might still be running today if if they had.
0: You know what? I think I agree with you. Uh, where? How did? How does one even?
1: Somebody saw them on eBay no. and um. No. Uh, that someone got them for me for my fortieth birthday. It's the best present ever.
0: No. No thyself.
2: How did you accumulate all this stuff? Was it mostly at a certain time in your life?
1: Like at various points when I've like kind of circled back to, like, my true identity and, like, been, like, I need to, like, put the things I want, like, on the walls, you know? Which mm-hmm. is kind of how I was as a kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess I've always been that way. Just, I, I, you know, it never stopped. It's been lifelong. I mean, that, that chess poster has a Bic autograph from Philip Kasnoff because his kids went to school with my brother, and they were, he and Roxanne Hart, his wife, were, at, were having dinner with my parents, or they were going out with my parents, they were at my apartment, my house growing up, and they saw that poster like, thumbtacked to my wall, and Phil Kasnoff, like, signed it in like a shitty pen from my desk, and I got home that night and was like, ah. Um, so that's oh like God. quote unquote an original, if you will. Yeah. Um, but a lot of like stuff I've replaced over the years. But like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's been lifelong.
2: It's really it's an so well maintained collection.
0: too. I can't get shit on my walls with any sort of um, like uh, due process. Me
1: either. I I realized this is what I realized about everything but, in like, my this life is up to no process. Like I have to like. These are all... We're in grave danger. If anything went wrong, they would all fall on our heads. I don't know how to use, like, a um, drywall screw or, like... Sure. Like, I mean, some of these are <laughs> up here. <laughs> Careful like, with that open window. Yeah, I mean, it's all really precarious. This
2: could be the last podcast we do. Yeah.
1: Bye. This, this is the way to die. This is the be- perfect mausoleum. <laughs> it Death really by is.
0: war paint. Yeah. Someone, someone. It really is. What's... What's, I, I mean, I hate to ask you your favorite, but what's your favorite? Yeah,
2: there's a fire. What are you grabbing?
0: Um,
1: oh, I mean, the, the, so much of it is actually just replaceable shit, you know? So, like, I mean, the things that I maybe, like, sparked the most joy for me that I, but I know I could get, like, I have the digital file of those amazing Patty pictures. Oh, my So, God. like, I just Please have email them no need. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. It's probably. But you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not, I, 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 so I would have to figure out, like, what I actually couldn't get again. Um, sure. Like maybe those Leslie Kritzer, um, like, uh, drawings. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those are gorgeous. Ben.
2: There's just so much to look at. I'm overstimulated.
0: There's, and it goes throughout the whole apartment that I haven't oh yeah, we totally we walked in. There's
2: every Barbra Streisand vinyl, which I not every, have. Not every.
1: Sadly, not every.
2: Which don't you have?
1: I don't know. It's random. Like, this is okay, the thing. Okay, I'm telling that. you, there's no process. Like, I had the most fabulous thing in college with this huge wall, and it was all the records, all good condition, in chronological order. Uh-huh. It was beautiful. Uh-huh. And I, like, for years and years, had, like, fond memories. And then one day, maybe, like, six years ago, I was like, I'm doing that again. And I, like, walked around and found, like, whatever used record stores and bought the crappy random ones they had. Right, and, Sam, like, you
2: made the pants too long. Yeah, whatever. And, like, no I one st- listened
1: to. stood on the stove, like, almost broke my neck, like, <laughs> hammered them in with, like, mismatched nails. Some of them are, like, at pal, weird bugger. angles. It's not done well, you know. So I can't even tell you why. But I know that uh, The Way We Were is there because it's beautiful. And yeah. pal, is beautiful,
0: yeah. But it works so well because this face. apartment... Is so like kooky crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it like, has so tutoring. much personality, yeah. That if that were Excuse totally me. level and totally perfect and uniform, it, w- it would look weird.
1: I'm taking that as a compliment, you intended you to keep it. <laughs> if like some, Penn's I mean, house.
2: taking it, taking your like Ben Rimmelauer Patty Issues Bad with Money poster off of the wall, we're yeah. taking all of your stuff down,
1: yeah.
2: And someone walked in. We know it's your apartment.
1: Right. That
2: yeah. has to feel good.
1: Yeah, but you know what, that's so cultivated too. You know, yeah. I mean I feel like
2: it's like your snow globe.
1: Yeah. I, I guess I'm just like louder yeah. about it, you know. But I, I feel like that's like that's always and that's kind of like always been my thing. Yeah. I mean um I don't know, maybe it's like a gay thing. Like I felt it to not be like loud about who I was felt like the equivalent of like pretending because like people assume you're straight or you know yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. not in my case but like but you know it's a con contexts where you especially as a kid or like meeting adults and stuff there they might think you're like a weird little boy but they're not like you know talking to you like yeah. an out gay man you know and I yeah. think I always just wanted to like be whatever it was that would like kind of break through that
2: yeah I so relate to that I had every milk mustache that advertise, advertising campaign yes. in the 90s, that was lining my room. I had every single picture that Rosie O'Donnell took in any magazine. Love. A huge wall full. My teachers would cut out Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, she happened to be a People magazine. <gasps> Give it to me. I'd tack it up, glitter everywhere when she had her
1: Did children. you go to the Kennedy Center?
2: No. are you Did dying? they steal my shit? Seriously. I'm just saying, I really um, relate to this apartment.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: I mean, everywhere.
1: All right, well. Tack your shit up. Tack your shit up.
0: That's a good it one. It
2: sparks joy.
0: Tack yeah. your shit up.
2: I need to, yeah, I need to do that.
0: Title. I mean, you al- me. <laughs> you're always happy
1: <laughs> or something's up, even if it's up poorly. You can yes. always.
2: No one if needs anything, blank
1: For me, a shitty hanging of something that I care about will inspire me to then go do it a good way rather than just having it, like, rolled up and visible, like, under the bed or something, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: You're right, you're right, and that's what we are struggling to do. We have it all, we just have Do you guys it live together? Put it up. No, my... Do you live with your boyfriend? Yeah, my boyfriend. What's his name? I, I don't think I met him. John? John. Do you no have a,
1: a partner?
2: I don't. <laughs> I'm super single if anyone is curious. <laughs> me too. Listeners, we have entered into an illicit partnership with the folks over at Broadway Crew. Broadway who? Broadway Crew! Broadway Crew is the trusted name in New York City when it comes to Broadway and off Broadway tickets. With
0: a full time presence at TKTS and Times Square, come see them to get the scoop on the best. Go get your scoop! Honey, two scoops! Come see them to get the scoop on the best tickets at the best prices. Their mission is to match every person to their show and to raise you up and elevate the art of in person theater promotion.
2: They're offering in the room listeners $55 off tickets to King Kong on Broadway. You can use code KK as in King Kong, PNM as in perfectly normal mammogram, 928. Only at telecharge.com.
0: We saw it and it was a spectacle. And I went in skeptical. And this skeptic was turned into a spectic. Ooh. Ooh. Follow them on Instagram at Broadway Crew or check them out online at BroadwayCrew.com. We are here with Ben Rimmelauer, actor, host, writer, w- producer, director, author. Soon to be audiobook voice. I hope, yeah. Why are you are you gonna? Um, that's awesome. Me? No, I just read your website that you were gonna make. Oh, I do have an. I audiobook. have an
1: audiobook of. I shouldn't make the face. Cut the face. I have an audio of uh, of my shows. Yeah, yeah.
2: Carol Barasagor. Sager.
1: I pr- I produced a lot of audiobooks as a day job for a couple of years. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I worked at Simon and Schuster. Um, that's how I met uh, Teresa Judice. Uh, before I uh, before I ever did anything with Luann. I was producing Teresa's audiobook. Right. Well, and Bethany's.
2: Start from, let's start from the beginning. Yeah.
1: While
0: we're here for the night. You moved life, to New York life. 20 years ago.
1: I moved to, well, I was born here. I was born <laughs> in New Jersey. Um, and um, we moved to Manhattan when I was four, and then we moved to L.A. when I was five. And then I moved back here in nineteen. Well, I, after college, I did an internship at the McCarter Theater in Princeton, in 1998, and then when that season was over, I moved to this apartment. And what did you go to school
2: for? What was
1: your... I went to Berkeley, which had a really shitty theater school, so it was just a general (laughs) drama major, Um, but all I wanted to do was be a director. I didn't care about... Mm. I I hadn't acted since, like, junior high. I had no interest in being an actor, Um, and... I th- would get, like, high and come up with ideas for, like, things to write, but I didn't write at all. I was, like, really, really not motivated about writing. Um, but directing, I was, like, a fiend. I started, like, a student theater company. I was directing shit. Like, as- I didn't go to class. I didn't do anything except, like, I just wanted to be, like, doing, like, Into the Woods or, like, you know, falsettos or cabaret or whatever. My dream was to direct Evita, but I couldn't get the rights because I'm so old. The movie was coming out when I was in college. Remember that movie? I do. That film.
2: S- piece of cinema.
1: I'm throwing shade, but I did happen to buy an Evita the movie baseball hat on eBay just last week, so I can't really... Oh, here. Speaking, speaking of tacking up your uh, your yeah. associations. Oh, I merch. love that. Yeah.
2: It can sit by your Ab hat.
1: It probably will, right? I won't even wear it. But the, the Ab fad yeah. hat is like shiny and gold, so it's like you're into it. But then, like, it's like... It's, like, a trucker hat, which is not my style. No. And um, I have a really big head, so I need, like, sized hats. And it's, like, definitely one size fits all.
2: Did you get it that one year at Pride? Yeah.
1: Well, no, in Fire Island. But I think whoever I oh, okay. stole it from had just gotten it Sure, at
2: Pride sure. Because that movie had come out
1: and they were And it says, giving like, I've the movie, which everyone is kind of just like, mm. yikes. I guess I got Appreciate the effort. I thought it was I got Vita. It was fine. It was fine. But I'm just, like... I have one Av that thing in my entire collection of like gay merchandise and it's like from the movie, you know, okay. like at least Avita, I like have lots of proof that I like the show better. I yeah. sure. <laughs> I don't need to like def- defend the receipt. My,
0: thank you. <laughs> Listen,
1: I'm not one of those like Avita movie fans who doesn't get it, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. You think those are the original keys?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, they're better. They're better because, you know what, they're more conversational, so. And she doesn't have to use that oh. that lame vibrato that all those Broadway singers use. This podcast is over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Good night. Can you imagine? I was like, I'm so into Patty, but I don't like her in Evita. I don't know. I'm just, oh my God. Just, I find her um, just too much. And they really should have cut that a Yeah, I mean, David Merrick knew more about show business than Patty LePone. Probably did. It probably slowed down the show. To be honest, it probably really slowed down the show. Probably. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, it's the fucking
0: Baker's Wife, so, you know. Give us five minutes. Did they
1: think, like, realize that song would be the number one thing the Baker's Wife is known for? Like, can you imagine, like, (sighs) pretty crazy.
2: But enough about me, let's talk about you. What do you think of me?
0: (laughs) We like to do a segment with everybody. Thank you. Pretty early on. um, Called First Impressions. What was your first impression of each of us? Um, Let's see.
1: I I don't know. It's like, I feel like I thought that I knew you. We've been
0: internet friends a long time. Like, I feel like... And I think we figured out that we had more in common than what met the eye. Because of, like, the California shit. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. I feel like it was, like, one of those things where I just, like, gradually, like... It's like how you fall asleep at night and you can't remember the last moment. I don't remember the last moment that I didn't know you, Stephen. It wow. just, it just came so, as a. <laughs> you know.
2: I wish I could. Same.
1: But you, I remember so specifically the exact second we met when you were sitting at um, uh, the show that uh, that Thousand Oaks. We benefit.
2: met at Fifty Four Below. I was in the audience. Yeah, and you were hosting.
1: Yeah, and Stephen called you out from the stage because I made a pretend bitter joke about not being asked to be on your podcast. Throwing the crown. His up.
2: crown almost crashed onto the floor. <laughs> like,
1: um, <laughs> and uh, uh, and there you were. And I was like, oh, she's my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's how I like to meet people for the first time.
1: When they're, when they're on stage from, and you're in the front row. From pro. stage <laughs> and
2: audience. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Wow, that was a fun I was so thrilled night. to
0: make that introduction from a stage. It was thrilling. It doesn't get to happen all the time. I,
1: I, you know, I, I'll, I'll remember it as long as I live.
0: Yeah. Every time you're 54, i like, that's the table. That right I mean, I
1: can't say that I've... I've met, I think, maybe one other person standing on stage. Um, Whoopi Goldberg. Well, she was standing on stage, and she didn't meet me, <laughs> but that is true, technically.
2: Um, you host a lot of shit. When did that happen?
1: Um, uh, Like... Well, I used to host, I just came, I got one of these things today, and oh, this was such a basic bitch moment, I'm so embarrassed. Facebook said to me, it's 11 years since, I used to host this show at the Lori Beachman uh, called Saturday Night Underground, that was like trying to be like the Friday night Lori Beachman theater after party that you guys probably don't remember, because I do remember. But Brandon Cutrell hosted it, it was really fabulous, which itself was a spinoff of Mostly Sondheim, which had been at the duplex. Um, But my Saturday Night Underground was once a month, it didn't really get off the ground, we did it for like a year, and then it... Uh, when kaput. which
0: is a significant accomplishment,
1: it was fun. It was great, but but it was a long time ago, right? So I got this morning. It's been eleven years since one of the shows where the guests were um, Annie Golden and Joey Connors and David Burnham. And David Burnham is um, uh, in the Countess Luann show some of the time, including the one that I'm about to go do this weekend in Miami Beach. And he's done a bunch of them over the last year, and we've got to know each other pretty well, like doing these like road gigs together. So I was like, "Oh my God, it's so cute." So I saved the picture and I reposted it like way back Wednesday, all this not realizing that today was the opening of "Be More Chill." And I feel like ah. I'm now, like, one of those people that was just, like, Casual. congratulations, my dear friend Joe. <laughs> Here's us together, FYI. <laughs> it was just, like, and I felt so lame. And then I was, like, I can't really just, like, go deleting it now, so I just left it. Because I just wanted to be a picture with David because he's so hot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, that was the first thing that I, like, hosted-hosted. And, um, well, I guess the only thing that I hosted-hosted. But... Uh, but I like doing it. But I hadn't been performing. I, I, I mean, all those years I was trying to be a director after college. Right. I was not at all interested in, well, hosting, let alone acting. Not at all. Um, and actually, I filled in one night for Brandon Cutrell at the after party at the Beachman, and I had so much fun. Um, so that's when I decided to create my own thing there. And uh, But then when that was over in, like, 2009 or whatever, I don't know that I... Well, actually, that is the year that I first started working on Patty Issues. So, I don't know. It kind of all runs together, like what's hosting or, you know. But I've been, since doing Patty Issues, I've been making a more concerted effort uh, to try to get all kinds of different performing gigs. Um, Mm -hmm. And hosting is one of the ones that I enjoy the most, um, or at least I haven't booked any of the uh, acting things I've auditioned for. So, the hosting is really where it's at. Um, And I get them, like, you know, like, Three to two times a year, and uh, I did. I mean, you're such so, your a
2: brand to me, just kind of like an iconic New York cabaret. I mean, downtown. Now you don't have to suck my dick because I'm coming. Like <laughs> theater guy. Like if you don't know the name Ben Remelauer, what are you doing? Like I mean,
1: who truly, you, like you literally you know doing? zero um, people.
2: Then, um, it's really impressive, and you're just kind of like multi-hyphenate, just nailing every single kind of.
0: I don't right know. In. That's really
1: nice to hear. You know, it never feels that way because you're always like trying to, you know, get somewhere, and it's you never happening
0: or yeah, happening as fast as you
1: want. You know, um, and uh, the, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's nice to hear that. Thank you. But I love the hosting thing, and I just that I mean, one of the first things that I hosted after Patty issues. Was I just, I called Jen Tepper at mm-hmm. Fit for Below and I was like, I wanna come in and host stuff. Or maybe she called me first to do this like Broadway trivia night or something that she had like revolving hosts mm-hmm. for. And then I was like, what else can I host? And she said, well, you know, you have to really talk to the individual producers of the individual events. So I got her to give me like all their names and I like emailed them all and I was like, I don't know if you know me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And one of them was Rob W. Schneider, yeah, yeah, yeah. fabulous, brilliant Rob Schneider. Not to be confused with the not fabulous, not brilliant Deuce Bigelow, Rob Schneider. Um, and uh, we did a few things together. And wow. he, he calls me sometimes. The only movie I ever walked out of was Deuce Bigelow. Males Scandalous, Deuce
2: Bigelow. i i Scandalous. mean, fact.
1: I'm a bad person. I will walk out of theater. Like, as much as I love my happiest moments in life are when I'm enjoying a show. Like, when I'm not enjoying a show, I want to, like, kill myself. Or worse, I'm just, like, so bored. I, like... Because
2: you're kind of being held hostage.
1: You're so hostage, right? You know, yeah. whereas a movie, I feel like I've got a big Diet Coke, the seat reclines. Like, even
0: if this is awful, I'd be doing the same thing at my house.
1: Yeah, and it's like, even like really bad movies, they're kind of like engaging on this like superficial level that you can just coast along, Whereas like a boring, like bad play, they're like, oh, Julian never writes, and it's just like, beat. And you're just like waiting, and nobody's moving, and you're just like these like four people standing in this huge, like old fashioned, like house set. I cannot suspend my
2: disbelief much
1: further. They can't be having fun either, you know?
2: No, no. So, movies I
1: never walk out, but Deuce Bigelow I did walk out.
2: Listen, Rob Schneider, Deuce Bigelow, Rob Schneider, he's the father of L. King, who's like a fantastic singer.
1: Well, Honestly, I was a fan of his. There was the reason I went to the movie, and I'm pretty sure I've seen him in other... I've certainly seen him in Adam Sandler movies and loved yeah, him. Yeah. I got no t, no shade to Rob, Rob Schneider. Yeah. And yeah. P.S., didn't they do, like, a sequel, too? So, like, he doesn't need my support.
2: <laughs> I mean, what a
1: <laughs> Like, the episode. worst thing that happens to <laughs> the, Rob Schneider should be, like, some queen that, you know... <laughs> I don't know. Like, the host said, like, everyone knows who he is, but I never heard of him, but he definitely <laughs> but, thinks you suck, Rob. <laughs>
2: Um, oh, let's shit. talk about it. Okay,
0: so you moved to New York. Moved
2: to New York. And then what happened?
0: Well, first of all, this apartment—twenty years in one apartment—I don't know what that's Ooh. like.
1: Oh, I recommend so, it. I mean, I'm, I'm like very bad how with did you change find this today. On? I told you guys when my mom accidentally ate like mushroom chocolates today, but there was like an hour when we <laughs> thought she was like having a heart attack or a stroke, <laughs> and I was sitting there watching The Wiz from my Broadway World column, and they're like, you know, she's like such a lovely child. And, like, the Auntie M is, like, petting her, and she's, like, lost and adolescent. I'm just, like, weeping, right? You're tripping on behalf and, of your mom. I, well, I know what I was, like, so sad. And I'm, like, I'm, like, I, if she's going to die, I just want her to be dead. I was, like, I can't handle change. Like, I, I feel like I don't want it to happen yet, but, like, someday I'll be in that phase of my life where I'm, like, older and my, like, family, you know, my parents are gone, and, like, I don't want that to come soon but like the worst part for me will be like the in-between part you know and like I don't want to be in the between part I want to just keep living in that denial of like childhood being like
2: my mom is never gonna die you know I mean we all kind of want that of course yeah we just want to be yeah swaddled until we die (laughs) swaddled
1: until we die So that's why, I've any, uh... <laughs> that's why I've never left this apartment. It's <laughs> so the depressing, same. I'm a weird, next-er. strange answer to that question. Also, it's rent stabilized. I mean, and the neighborhood only got, it was it was very trendy when I moved in, but it was not gentrified. Yeah. So the neighborhood only got like safer and nicer and more convenient. Um, yeah, I was like, and Steven, more crowded where are going? And this
2: is you a know. nice, I've only come to this yeah. part of Brooklyn. Yeah. It's weird. I mean. Hot spots are here. Yeah, totally.
0: Totally. If you're into that kind of thing. If you're, it's I hot used spots. to be. I used to be. It's the fiercest department. I want to rewind to Patty Issues, because it is such a big deal. Uh, and I want our listeners to know what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, going back to 2009, after I had done my um, hosting thing at the Beachman, I was really frustrated, because I'd been trying to make it as a director in New York, basically for 10 years. And I'd been our friend Lonnie Price's assistant in a couple of shows on Broadway and... I got to work with Patti LePone on a couple things that had been, you know, like, life-changing because I'd been obsessed with her since I was a little kid, um, but I really hadn't been able to get into the club, you know, as a Broadway director that I really had wanted and, you know, that was the vision I had for my life and it wasn't coming true, um, and, um... The success that I'd had to any extent had been directing cabaret shows, including um, one about Patty, Leslie Kritzer's Patty LuPone at Les Mouche, mm-hmm. um, which I had created. Um, and it was like a weird thing because I was kind of like the author of that show without writing any words. But I didn't, so I didn't know how to have that experience again. You know, and people were, like, saying you should do Bette Midler at the baths or, you know, but it was, like, I didn't, I knew that that specific thing was what I had wanted to do. It didn't feel like I could just, like, it wasn't a formula, you know. Um, and, uh, but I, I wanted to do a show at the Lori Beachman Theater where I would show um, my Patty Lapone videos. All my friends, working with Patty, she'd given me all her tapes. So I, my friends would come over here and we would, like, get stoned and watch and this is, like, before YouTube was really what it is now. Mm-hmm. So I had these things that nobody else had that now everybody's seen, of Patty singing Rainbow High and the Merv Griffin Show and the, like, disco yes. gold lame dress with a fountain behind her. You know, this yes. crazy shit that, you know, Patty in the washing machine as the ghost. I mean, and these are round. things that. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, <laughs> the they're life-changing... Thank you for knowing Starring the other number. I'm really <laughs> moved by that. Yes, yes, yes. Like...
0: Also stoned. If you don't think him. it's the only thing I ask Lonnie Price about every time I see him. Oh,
1: I, I mean, that's his yeah, He's major, like, I major don't major. know
0: anything else. You know more than I do. Yeah. He's yeah. like, listen, I mean, it was a contract. Just, I just need a PDF. Need yeah. A PDF so we can do it <laughs> at the duplex.
1: Well, I know the guy. I found the guy on Facebook that wrote it. So you can definitely have that. He'd probably be thrilled. So I wanted to do a show where I would show people these incredible videos and just kind of deconstruct them like Seth Rudetsky style. And But Patty and I had gotten into hot water when I did The Leslie Show because she had given me all her stuff and her blessing to do it. And then when it sort of kind of exploded, she changed her mind. Uh, and she threatened to sue me at one point. I got a phone call from a lawyer. Um, Whoa. And she and I had gotten past that, and I had produced her album of Les Mouches. Um So we were all fine, but I, I didn't want to... Get into any kind of situation with her again, you know. Of course, totally.
0: And just that was never anybody's intent. And
1: yeah, I mean, it was a tough thing because there was a question about whether or not she would have had a right to stop us doing it. And both Kurt, Kurt Deutsch, who was producing the album um, for Ghostlight Records, and I had personal relationships with Patty and didn't want to go on because we didn't want to jeopardize our relationships with Patty. And, um, Leslie was kind of pissed because Leslie had put a lot of work into it and it started to explode and she got some really major reviews and New York times and people were talking about it and, you know, I think it was kind of unfair that she had gone into that, you know, Leslie would not have done all that work if she hadn't believed that Patty had signed off on it, which Patty had. So I think Leslie felt betrayed, you know, um, and it was, I mean, it was a real disappointment for all of us, you know, and, and, Mm. uh... And I didn't feel that sympathetic to Leslie at the time because I was like, fuck you. You're like in Legally Blonde. You're doing Catered Affair. And all anybody talks about in musical theater is Leslie Kritzer, Leslie Kritzer, Leslie Kritzer. Nobody gives a fuck who I am or knows me. So, you know, I'm going to like produce Patty's album and like keep kissing her <laughs> ass as long as I can. Thank you, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I certainly did want to piss Patty off again. And so I had, um, I asked Patty for permission to use her videos and she was like, let me see a draft of it. And I was just going to, like, show the videos and be like, you know, that's an E-flat, you guys, guys, uh, you know, and just do it Seth style. <laughs> and um, so, so, but then writing it, I wound up writing this thing that was, like, really personal about me, introducing each of the videos and what they meant. And then, uh, so I started doing readings of it uh, for friends and invited, you know, people. And <laughs> um that was uh, Patty Issues. And uh, eventually, and it just became something that really wasn't about Patty in that respect, and it certainly didn't have any videos in it. Um, and, um, and I mean, that really changed my life. But it did all go back to the Laurie Beachman in a way, you know. Um, from, it went, I mean, really, if Brandon Cutrell hadn't asked me to sub for him that night, Brandon's fabulous. Oh, he sings Let's Misbehave, and it's really, it's just, like, sexy and funny and, like, has 12... Like tempo changes, and you know he's a genius.
2: I mean, you talked about Patty. Can you talk yeah. about? I mean, she's such an icon in your life, a, a beacon, a north star. If yeah. You when know. did you
0: When did you first meet her?
2: Yeah, talk about that first. Well, meeting. I met her as a
0: fan,
1: like a couple times, like back, like sure. I, th- I think the first time I saw her in concert or live performing at all was at the Hollywood Bowl in 1992. Um, like literally, like. Two days after I got back from my like teen tour of Israel, um, and uh, like was spent eight weeks in Israel, just like you know at the Wailing Wall and shit, just being like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh hope God. I make it, hope I
2: make it back.
1: Um, yeah, seriously. Well, it was it was good times in Israel in those days, um, but uh, because Bill Clinton was president, um, and there was like the Oslo Accords, and
2: so you're a Democrat.
1: Can you believe it? It's disgusting. Can you
2: believe? Can you even
1: <laughs> Um, I don't know what I am anymore. Everything's so fucked up. But yeah. uh anyway, so I I like waited outside the like stage door at the Hollywood Bowl. Um and like I don't think I got her autograph. I think I just like watched her like sign other people's autographs like weird old gay guys who were probably, like, 34, who, <laughs> like, had, like, <gasps> like LPs God of, like, the baker's in. wife, you know, and, like, getting her to, like, sign all their shit, and I was just yeah. kind of like... Um,
2: Growing pains! Or what was she on?
1: Life Goes On. Life Goes yeah, On. totally. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so there was a couple more run-ins like that, you know, uh, and then I met her properly when I was working for Lonnie uh, on the Sweeney Todd. It was the first one. Um,
2: And how did you become Lonnie's right-hand dude? Lonnie was like an old family friend. What? Yeah,
1: like so randomly. That seems like
2: rarefied air. How do you become Lonnie Price's assistant?
1: Yeah. Tell us that. He, um, his parents went to high school with my grandparents. And so like I, you know, as a kid, like when I would like see the Muppets take Manhattan, we'd be like, Lonnie! You know? I mean, I didn't know him really. I knew his parents really well. But I like, I really had only met him a couple of times. Um, And then... When I was in college, I came to New York. Well, I came all the time to see my family, but I came freshman year, uh, extravagantly came to New York for the weekend to see Patty and pal Joey at Encores because I was like, I have a credit card. I'm in college now. I'm like not fucking this. I was like, all this bullshit of like, I didn't see her in Sunset Boulevard because like it didn't come in from London. I was like, those years are over. Now I'm seeing all the Patty shows. You know, that's just like from now on. And um, so I came here and, uh, and I went up to Lonnie Price You know, and I was like, I don't know if you remember me, you know, and he was like, oh, sure, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to direct musical theater! (laughs) And I, like, chased, you know, I was like, I'm so, I was so scary when I was that age, you know. Because If I'm scary now, I was, like, (laughs) crazy scary. Um, Amazing. But, uh, so then we just kept in touch, and then the Sweeney Todd thing was, like, kind of perfect because it was only two weeks of rehearsal, so it was, like, a good chance for, you know, him to see if I was a good assistant, and I was just like, I couldn't believe it.
0: That whole fucking cast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris I'd grown up with and just been in love with. And Audra was like goddess to me, you know. And I mean, George Hearn, I don't know if the kids like care about it now, but he was like
0: pretty much like,
1: Well, he just like, he had been like a real traditional old school Broadway leading man. And even though he wasn't the original Sweeney Todd, he was the one on the video with Angela. And he won the Tony for La which was like yeah. so mm-hmm. gay and iconic, and but just like other shit too. I mean, it was like you know him being like in um uh, the Follies concert, you know, which was like really my like go to Follies recording with like Barbara Cook and Mandy Patinkin, yeah. and yeah. Carol Burnett, you know, Elaine Stritch. I mean, that I just and I feel like I'm forgetting. There's just like so many things that just like wherever I looked, like I remember in high school, like my friend was taking um, musical theater classes at Valley College in, like, North Hollywood. And um, George Hearn's wife was in the class. And, uh, uh, because they were living in L.A. for a while, because he was doing... Oh, and Sunset Blower. He was doing it in L.A., supposedly, before Patty did it on Broadway. It was just L.A. with... Glenn Close and Judy Kuhn and George Hearn. And then that wound up being the production that came in, minus Judy. But mm-hmm. but I mean, I, you know, and anyway, but I remember going to see this uh, afternoon concert for my friend's musical theater class in this like shitty classroom at Valley College. There must have been like 42 people in the room, and it was just piano, and George sang Not all his songs and like Soliloquy from Carousel and Some Enchanted Eve. Oh, and I saw him do, oh no, he was supposed to do South Pacific with Sandy Duncan at Long Beach Civic Light Opera. But it was Michael Nowry, because George was doing something else. But I don't know, you know, George Hearn was just, like, a major... George fucking Hearn. He was, like, the probably number one, like, baritone star of my, like, childhood, you know? Um, And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, but fuck all them. I mean, I would have killed them all for, like, Patty to have a reprise of Worst Pies somewhere. Like, glad that nobody meant anything to me. Like, I mean, even (laughs) being in the room with Sondheim, like, was, like, a little bit, like, a minus list for me because it was just like, I mean, like, Patty was just That's so, you know, and Sondheim is very also like, you know, if I watched Sondheim, like, stared at him across the room for like an hour, like, all he might do at one point is like, you know, like, turn the page of his newspaper. Whereas yeah. Patty was just like, just yeah. bonkers, yeah. off the walls, just like, you know, from the highs to the lows of emotion and comedy and just, I mean, everything. I mean, that
2: might answer my question, but what, is it about Patty specifically and not like Elaine? You're, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. you're not yeah. like you love all these other people, Bet and Barbara, yeah. obviously, and Elaine and Liza. What is it about Patty specifically? I like?
1: mean, I do truly love them all, and they all have in common all that stuff people say about yeah. gay men and all that. And it's like all I'm deeply into all that stuff. Um but I think for Patty it's like for me with Patty, it's um just the way I was exposed to her at a time in my life, you know, she was, I mean, she's obviously so iconic, but her iconness in New York in 1980 was l- less um, niche than it is now. You know, I was four years old and, like, sitting around, like, watching TV all the time because my mom mm-hmm. had no screen time limits on me, you know? Yeah. It was constant Evita commercials and, like, that commercial was so fierce. I mean, and it was so—it was on every bus, every cab, every phone booth. Everywhere you looked, it was Evita, Evita. I mean, it was beyond. It wasn't what Hamilton is in the culture, but it was—it was—it was kind of in a way, right? You know, and like, and those commercials were just so striking, and they were wow. such a combination of like, uh, the music drew me. My mom used to like play like—I mean, I I knew musicals, like I'd seen. Uh, Peter Pan on Broadway with Sandy Duncan and uh, I'd seen West Side Story with Debbie Allen and um, I'd seen Annie with Marsha Lewis. And, um, Are you uh, 75
2: years old? Well, that was all in
1: 1980. I was just, those were the shows that they yeah. were t- I mean, West Side Story, I talk about this in Patio, she was like, I had a crying fit during Debbie Allen's rape scene, so they, like, carried me out of the theater. Like, so, like, they were never going to take me to Evita, but Avita was this commercial I saw all the time. No. And, you know, my mom would play these records of, like, Jesus Christ Superstar and Jacques Brel. Those were, like, her big, like, musical theater things that she listened to. And, like, Bye Bye Birdie also. Yeah. But, like, um... But I think that Jesus Christ Superstar sound, like, the Andrew Lloyd Webber-ness of it all, like, the Avita commercial f- appealed to me, and... I knew that that was Patty, in the brown hair, and Patty in the blonde hair, and like Mm. I knew what hair dye was because I knew pictures of my grandma when she was little were like, and when she was young and having my father, she had brown hair, but she was a blonde and had been this sort of like fake Jewish glamorous blonde for these years, but also like had not originally been blonde. And I so I understood that. So it was this musical about this woman who went from like nice, like, fun tap dancing, like, Debbie Allen kind of, like, peasant dress, brown hair to, like, scary, like, my grandma, like, blonde, like, diva witch with diamonds, you know? And the commercial was scary. I mean, it was that, like, you know, she'd be like, I kept my promise, don't keep your distance. And then she looked in the camera and was like, I kept my promise! <laughs> and it was, like, sh- this strange, like, <laughs> discordant line. I'm not even doing the right <laughs> interval there. It was, like, more, like, you know, like, yeah. freaky. Yeah. Um you know, but then the camera, like, zoomed in on her, you know, and, like, Evita, the sh- the Broadway theater, you know, and the, the camera was just getting closer and closer to her face, and she smiled Acting. and winked, and it was, like, I mean, I just feel like I...
2: That was the moment. It
1: was so my moment of, like, my whole existence, so I, like, really wanted to to see that show. I really liked the Buenos Aires, when she'd be like, just a little, touch it, just, like, the, with the dancers behind her. That was, like, everything that I liked in other stuff was, like perfected in that moment with Patty and and I didn't get to see it and it was like this weird thing in the back of my head I think cuz then the commercial played for years like in LA the national tour would come through and it would be like a reminder and just like yeah I was kind of in, had a crush on these two Argentine boys that like lived around the corner for me and like their mom made these milanesas that were like really good like thinly pounded like chicken or veal or something and just like Argentina just had this like strange it was this weird country. You were
2: literally haunted.
1: I was haunted. Literally. And then like when my haunting. parents split up, like and my family got all fucked up, my mom my stepdad is from Argentina. So that was like mm. and then we wound up going to visit. So it had this sort of like strange feeling of kind of like coming home and like my family was like this fucked up broken family. But then we sort of like had this like band-aid of like my mom getting remarried and my stepdad's family all his cousins and everything were, like, really warm and it was sort of, like, a thing that I hadn't had from, like, my real father's, like, kind of fucked up family. And, like, so this whole Argentina thing, the haunting like, continued. And then, like, and I really hadn't been, because I was growing up in L.A. and it was the 80s, like, musical theater was not really a thing. And then, like, people whose parents had more money were, like, going to see, like, Les Mis. Um, Hot ticket. But, like, my parents were like, we took you to Cats and you fell asleep. You know, I was like, so I kind of, like, didn't Get it, you know, and, like, it wasn't something that I was exposed to. Like, I know girls were, like, singing, like, on my own, like, in chorus, but I wasn't, I didn't connect with that. And and then Phantom, I think I felt, because it was so, like, in L.A., because Michael Crawford came and did Phantom in L.A. for the first year. Yep. Um, and Judy Kaye. Not that anyone cares, but
0: um, my uh, parents <laughs> saw her do it,
1: and I didn't. I didn't get to see it until it was like I three will years never later.
0: Forgive them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they didn't take you. I don't know that I was in the picture yet. Oh right. What year was that?
2: They probably e- went home e- in '89. I was born '89. Yeah.
1: So yeah, you were definitely I, too young for I, Phantom. But uh, no, but maybe your mom was pregnant. Maybe you I, heard maybe I was that there. all that music, like in you know. Well,
0: I'm saying like no that one was in was the my population. family was theatrical, so. but that
1: was like a status symbol. Like in L. A. Like in 89, 90, 91, sure. Like seeing Phantom. Like it didn't matter if you were like completely homophobic and hated theater. You went. You wore a Phantom T shirt at my school. You know, and so like I kind of was like <laughs> I want to go to I there. I want to be it was, there. It was it was just so that you know, and I think even it already started if the haunting was. I had a vague awareness of, like, who Android Weber was, and then, like, we got our first CD player, it was, like, in my mom's, um, uh, car that she got that year, which was, uh, Land Cruiser, and it had a CD player, and none of us had had one yet, mm-hmm. and so the first CD that they randomly bought, like, the day they got the car, was, like, the premiere collection of Android Weber because my sister was, like, singing fucking, like, music of the night, and, like choir, you know, so my sister thought she was into Phantom, and she was constantly asking my parents to, like, get tickets, and they were like, no, you fell asleep in cats, you know? And I was just like... So, like, wasn't really my thing, it was, like, my sister's thing, but, so like...
2: now I don't sleep.
1: Well, you can't. They'll never take you anywhere again. Yeah. But, like, mom, I want a new bed. No, you sleep. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember being in the car. We were driving to Disneyland. They had just gotten the car, and, like, that CD was on, and Julie Covington singing Don't Cry From Argentina came on, and I was like, it was and the Land Cruiser had three rows. Um, oh, and impressed. so at this point, were like you like, we had, sprawled out in the balcony. I was I was way I was in the balcony. Like my brother and sister were in the mess, right? <laughs> and like my parents were up front, and like I was yeah. in the back, and the speakers were like blasting like Julie didn't singing Don't Craft Me Argentina. I was just like the family living. disappeared and you there was no family, you know. I was like in Hunin, you know, just like <laughs> wanting to like go with Magaldi. But I just I just like was so into it. And so then um I went, I wanted to buy the Avita album. I think I just all of a sudden in that moment, kind of was like, "Oh, Argentina's my jam. Don't correct me, Argentina. Avita, that's my thing. That's the thing I want." And I, sure. I wanted to get the CD with Julie Covington, but they, I had a gift certificate to, um, to uh, Tower Record. No, to Music Plus. And oh um, my God. And so I went to Music Plus, and they only had the Broadway recording. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, like it's n- not Julie Covington. It's like not the right one. And I also really liked Barbara Dixon singing "Another Suitcase, Another Hall" on that Angela Weber album. I was like, this is not her. This is like somebody else in New York. I was like, I don't know, but I I just need Evita. You know, a Vita right. is what I care about. You know, um, and I got it. Oh, and I I talked about this in the show. I like sampled the CD at Music Plus. Remember. Right, like it's not a thing, like but like I was like they like opened it for me, and like, like let me like a bottle of wine. Yeah, it wasn't like like years later, like in Virgin and stuff, they had these like huge like like um
0: things, uh, and you could scan the UPC. Yeah, this was not like that. This was like cuts. they
1: like opened it, like put it in a thing with like random like headphones, like on the counter, and were like, "Here, kid," you know. Well, first they were like, "Do people say that you sound like Harvey Weinstein?" And I was like, no, I'm not getting, fuck you, you know, whatever I said. But, like, that used to happen to me. When I'd be like, where is the vocal section? And they didn't know what I meant, you know. But they anyway, I digress. I listened to um, the Don't Cry From Argentina, and it was, like, not Julie Covington. And I was kind of like, eh. But I bought it, you know. And then I, so by that point I bought a, a CD player, which was just, like, a disc man, mm-hmm. And, like. Um, my mom convinced me in the store, it was, like, my birthday present, to get, like, um, a cheaper one. To No, to get, like, a floor model, because it was cheaper, but, like, I could get a better version of the, of Discman that had, like, whatever the features were, which was so dumb. Skip it, like,
0: protection. Yeah, but this fucking thing skipped
1: so badly, and it was, like, it had to be, like, on, like, you know. And I didn't have speakers or anything, I just had, like, headphones, but... Mm-hmm. But I remember, like in bed, like that ones. first time. Yeah, totally. Like shitty ones yeah. that were like probably it was, like, free. like, foamy yeah. shit that you yeah. would always pick off. Exactly. But Evita, like all the other stuff that like, that wasn't Don't Correct Me Argentina, just like swirled me away. And Patty was so. um... I mean, her voice was beautiful at first. What struck me was that it was too pretty because like, Julie Covington was very like, "It won't be easy," and Patty was like it won't be easy, and it was just, like, very, like, legato, and, like, so I was kind of, like, but then I found that as much as she had this, like, really beautiful voice, she could be, like, really harsh and just, like, balls to the wall, and the, um, the, the, all the stuff in the show that's, like, so cunty, that's all that, like, you know, screw the middle classes, and just that stuff where she's, like, exacting revenge, Was just so like my spirit animal that I and I'd always been into female characters like that, mm-hmm. and I think it's because of the way my childhood was with my father and like my grandmother and they were such the scary witch witches. Wasn't ours. Totally, I mean, it was literally like yeah. that was the one that I wanted to be, you know. Yeah. Um, Same. And uh, I mean, I loved like Judy Garland, like on my grandparents' like record of like Judy at the Palace when she was like old and like crazy and drunk, you know. But I, but yeah. I was Judy as Dorothy was just sort of like could have just any pretty ingenue that I, like,
2: yeah, like fine, you know. My first word, I think, is witch.
0: I mean, because my I first word. Itch, it's itch, empowering. Itch,
2: itch. Yeah. yeah my, I loved her.
0: Mine was Cinderella because Into the Woods. Wow. What was your first word,
1: Ben? We're
2: all gay here. My first
1: word was bombis, which meant buy me this. Because <laughs> that's my, like, true passion.
0: I'm speechless. That's great. You just summed up my childhood so fucking well. Oh, thank you. We we really... Similar. My big treat was like on Sundays going to Costco, door-busting Costco with Dad. And if I behaved, there was a trip to Best Buy in my future mm-hmm. and I could get one record, one CD, um and then I would study it, and I had to claw it open yes, because of that plastic that and fucking plastic. stickers, and you bought the $10 And system. never
1: had it on you, never used it. Always no. opened them with, like, your teeth and, like, oh, all yeah. kinds of shit,
0: yeah. Why I have a gap tooth is getting into a CD. Broadway. Yeah. What
1: do you guys think about the... I was thinking about the fact now that, like, music was something you had to collect and, like, pay for, and, like... I really listened to the fuck out of those albums in those days. I mean, like, yeah. I know every word to like "The Goodbye Girl" or "Kiss of the Spider Woman," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And now, like, it's so easy to have this like passing, casual relationship with music. Um,
0: well, I want to talk about your your column on the world. that is throwing, throwing out my, my CDs. CDs. Yeah. Throwing out my CDs. Yeah. And um, it it made me think of the same thing. Like, because I have. Yeah. All the ones that ever mattered. Yeah. I got rid of, you know, the Rent movie soundtrack. Right. I, no problem. Yeah. Donate. And it's
1: it. like, why did you even ever have that? Because right? it
0: was my job to make sure that it sold.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's
0: why. Yeah. Because if it didn't sell, there wouldn't be more. Mm. I understood that's that. That's very smart. That I, I don't think I had that. There's a lot of a weight on these shoulders. <laughs> if I don't go see The Phantom of the Opera in theaters with Emmy Rossum every weekend it will eventually not be showing in my theater
1: yeah not that, fr- but not that's right. a very future it took me, I
0: didn't learn that Broadway shows closed for a really long time I thought they would just happen I wish I wish they never did I know right Um, but you know it's made me think about do, you know do I need to keep the disc they're all in my iTunes yeah many of them the tracks still skip because they're imported from CDs yeah totally same yep. And it just, I. Would I be okay getting getting rid of them?
1: I mean, my answer at this point, and I tend to
0: say it to you from the t shirt, hat, magnet,
1: emporium, my answer on the CDs is thrown out. Yeah.
2: Do they even sell CDs anymore? Yeah. They, they do? Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You've been I to a Barnes Noble lately? No. I guess there, there aren't any. It's like, I mean, yeah. I learned this working in the, the audiobook stuff that, like, they were trying to phase it out, but a lot of people that listen to them, especially to audiobooks, and I'm sure it depends on the genre of music, but if it's older people who are not, you know, for a lot of things it is, it's still a, like, uh, physical media
0: market. There's, I think, uh, the reason I never switch, I don't have a Spotify account. Like, I I don't get into that because I like owning My music, I don't want whatever is going to happen in the future when Apple decides to shift something over and it becomes this thing that I have to now pay for. I don't want to worry about where my music is. That's always mine. I'm always going to have it no matter what happens to the internet one day. Okay.
1: But I only recently
0: changed over. Like now
1: I'm using Apple Music and I just realized that I was putting everything in the cloud anyway. I've got, what do you call it? iTunes match and so all my shit, my even my bootlegs and everything are, are in the cloud. I'm certainly not like tracking like where it is, you know, mm-hmm. physically. So I just it's it's better. I think I...
0: there would be a handful that I, if I really sat down and tried to like spark joy, it. Yeah, I think I could do really well. But yeah. I, from my cold dead hands, will you take away my fake two disc into the woods? You you don't get to have that. Yeah, you don't get to have my Sweeney Todd. Like I, the time I spent touching those and reading oh, those. Oh, I used to do up, weird
1: shit, like the um yeah, like get to have. Evita that. the the Broadway album came as often double discs did was a um, was two separate single discs sold together mm-hmm. only, but packaged like those in two separate singles. discs, which they later started selling in cardboard sleeves,
0: like the Titanic VHS. Tapes. Yes.
1: But originally, not even a cardboard sleeve. They were just separate. Yeah. And I didn't like that. And I didn't like that the cover of both was random things from inside the liner notes, but not the, the iconic black and white logo. Yeah. So I did a cut and paste job, including like um, construction paper and like glue and shit to make a, logo. Uh, a proper Evita logo. And then, oh like, God. and then took the double disc box that like into the woods or candide or something came in that was only a single disc and was like you'll be needed for something else. <laughs> Switched it around and then, operation. like Yeah I did like because my collection with the shells, I mean I they were alphabetical. Oh, yeah. It was like a big deal to That's me. The, we for had so a many collection.
2: Years. We had a curated collection. Yeah. If I wanted to go listen to I mean it was so specific yeah I mean my music was my music and I had to go get the full Monty soundtrack or the producers to listen to it um Alicia Keys like it was very much I I feel like I listened to way more music because I'm 34 I remember my first CD I remember kind of all the changeover I got through high school without a cell phone college started Mm -hmm. the cell phone thing but like um you know, we had Napster at some point and we started, yeah. it started to go digital and yeah. I was like trying to find all this music. So now I feel like I'm even more scattered. Like I can listen to, I love everything, but yeah. I'm not going buying everything. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, I like Janelle Monáe, and I like this and this and this, but I feel less curated now. I feel yeah. like.
0: Because you know a little bit about a lot of artists instead of knowing know every word exactly of everything. Exactly,
2: I'm not opening my Bette Midler "I'm Beautiful" anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm just kind of like, you know, albums, I like this song. Albums were made, you know, uh, front to back.
1: Yeah, number well, one you, to the end. And you and now they're you just listened like, to tracks that you didn't even like or yes. certainly didn't like as much. Yes, because storytelling. Yeah, and it was. some in some ways, it was easier and. You know, it was just like...
2: Well, I mean, that that makes more sense with vinyl
0: records.
1: Yeah, I guess... Well, really, what I'm really thinking well, is that cassettes. Was,
0: that was <laughs> yes, my that next cassettes. question. Yeah. I think the answer is no, but oh. do you think that CDs will ever, like, come back the way that vinyl did? I think the answer is Probably no. Probably not, because
1: vinyl has its own appeal. Correct. It's hard to imagine CDs having <laughs> that place. Cassettes, cassettes have not come back. And I'll say, by the way, I'm not part of the retro vinyl moment, you know? Like, I... I like it all being uh, not taking up space. I like oh, that yeah. I pay one fee every month to Apple Music, and I can just have whatever I want, you know, and uh, I just think it's for the best.
2: I have so stuff. many records. I still listen to it on Spotify.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yeah. I, I need to get back into my music thing. Yeah. Because I really do. I was such a music person, and now I'm, I haven't listened to music at all. Yeah. It's just podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm not walking down the street listening to music. And oh, I, I used am. I used to yeah. be that person. I used to know My every fucking Tom Waits song that yeah. ever existed. I can't tell you the last time I listened to a show tune. Yeah. Like, what? Eighth grade? Like
1: That's why I'm enjoying the Broadway world column, is because yeah. I really haven't listened to cast albums in decades. Like, I pretty much... After college and kind of really during college, I became very Broadway folk. I stayed very Broadway focused, but it was always people's albums, you know. And if part of the, if some of that was the Patties and the Bernadettes, it was also Whitney's and you know yeah. uh, Tina's and all yeah. that, you know, and and Tori Amos or whoever. Ugh. And that I felt like there was some overlap not necessarily Patty to Tori Amos, but, well, they both go from head to chest in <laughs> dramatic ways. But, like, but I was definitely not. Like, I don't even, like, know who, like, you know, fucking, like, uh, I was to say, like, Jason Robert Brown is. Like, I mean, I stopped with cast albums, like, in the 90s, you know? And so it's fun now to go back and be, like, kind of listening to, like, overtures and, like, comedy mm-hmm. songs and, like, duets that I haven't in so many years, yeah. you know?
0: And, like I imagine it's giving you an opportunity to listen to them one more time before disposing or donating or well reading I'm and,
1: yourself and I'm them. not listening to them. I mean, I'm going through the physical discs, but i i'm the only- the only time I'm even touching the disc out of the box is if I can't find it online, and then I'll mm. put it on my computer, you know, um like I had to do with the um uh London uh Guys and Dolls with Julia McKenzie um and Julie Covington um but like I'm not you know I'm not For me, the nostalgia is not, oh, how that CD skipped, you know, although a lot of the things that are on my iTunes are the original CDs I uploaded and do still have the skips, you know, which I don't enjoy. I
2: feel like the nostalgia would be for me is like, where was I when I was listening to this so often? I was in my room. It would take me to the time and place. 100%. Not not the physical thing. Totally,
1: totally. totally. Yeah.
2: So, So how did this column come about? Did they come to you? Were you like, I have an idea. Here's my pitch.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, a I, great idea. I, I went it. to them. I mean, I, I know Rob, I wanted to write for Broadway World, um, when, like, after Patty Issues and I started wanting to do, like, random or, like, kind of freelance writing, Playbill had asked me to, um, recap, uh, Smash. So I did that at Playbill for a while, and then I started writing a regular column at Playbill that was kind of, like, top ten lists at plus other Mm -hmm. things and then I started trying to go after freelance stuff like backstage and like out magazine and like a few other places and I wound up doing um tv recaps for vulture um and in that mix of like it's hard for me to be a freelance writer because I'm not good at um pitching both Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm that bad at the actual act of the pitching but I'm not good at like like, I need you to say to me, like, okay, these are all your writing assignments. I'm not good at, like, being, like... Here's I'm my gonna,
0: idea for a column. Yeah,
1: and, like, let me keep trying to make it happen. And You know, like, I either want to do something... It's part of why anything I've done in my career has been very, like, outside the, like, system. I mean, for one, because nobody in the system ever gave me any gigs, you know? But, like, I it's satisfying to me to have an idea or desire to do something and then just make it happen, even if it's in, like, not the most... um Fully produced way, you know, mm-hmm. because I just I need that gratification. I'm really frustrated by like w- when people talk to me about applying for things, and you know, it just that boggles my mind. Like I just can't imagine that, you know. So, but I was kind of getting in the swing in it swing of it for a while a couple years ago, and I really wanted to write a column about Mary Martin, and I had um, the only people that were interested were Broadway World, but but with the personal politics between all the people running those theater websites and I was doing a weekly column mm-hmm. at Playbill, mm-hmm. they, Broadway World didn't want to step in that and have me do anything. Interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, because they were all friends with each other, yeah. whatever. I, maybe he just didn't want it that badly, you know. But um, but now I don't write for Playbill anymore because I don't really use freelancers right now. And uh, I've just been kind of wanting... Um, I, I've been using freelance writing to support myself since I quit my day job at Simon & Schuster, or at least I was using freelance writing to fill in some gaps in my income between like doing my shows or whatever. And um, But I've got this really great gig now directing uh, the shows for Countess Luann, and that's really paying the bills. And so I don't have... I'm not really looking for freelance writing to support myself. Um, and I realized, like, that I just kind of had this desire to be writing something, like, really kind of nerdy and musical theatery, which I couldn't really pitch anywhere because nobody would pay for it, but I s- kind of thought, I just want to do it, I don't care how little money I have to do it for, and those were the magic words <laughs> in Broadway World, yeah. so there it is. Um, but I've been liking doing it, I mean, it's kind of like, it's good for me just, um, you know, it's just, it's good to write, everybody should write. Yeah, I mean, and it's they're like, so
2: thorough, I mean, it's really fun
1: uh, thank you. They're anal, you know. Um, <laughs> what I mean, it's like have... it's
0: like I'm listening to the album with you because yeah. I already know the album, so I don't need right. to yeah. actually turn it on to get like the DVD bonus feature of right. the commentary. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I know what you mean about that chuckle she does on the film's <laughs> yeah. version and not yeah. on the recording. Yeah. And how that's the one you learned. That's the one you sing in your head. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. The, I get that. I, I needed you. Thank you.
1: I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. yeah didn't, I needed my, me in the 90s too.
2: <laughs> in The Room is iconically sponsored by Babe Rosé. They also have Winter is the Worst, Red Wine, Family Time is Hard, Pinot Grigio, White Girl Rosé, Babe Rosé with Bubbles, Babe Grigio with Bubbles, Babe Red with Bubbles. And you get free shipping with any purchase. You can find them online on Instagram at drinkbabe and then also drinkbabe.net.
0: Babe Rosé is the best plus one you could possibly bring to a party. Woo! Summer is on the horizon. Stock up on those bubbles. Can we talk about Countess the Land for a moment? Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, it's so exciting. I actually just saw her like in the wild. Um, oh, really? Where? A couple Where? weeks ago. I was in an elevator with her. Oh, just my me God. And she. <laughs> Oh, well, you have to tell her, her that you're my friend. Well, I did. I almost thought about it, but opted not to. Because I'm like, this is your apartment building. Like, this uh, is not where this should daytime. be happening. Yeah. This would be creepy. Yeah, If yeah, you were maybe. Like, at the market, maybe I could yeah. draw, pretend to be on the phone with Ben Rimmelauer. <laughs> <laughs> but in an elevator, uh, it seems really... Um, yeah. It, I once aggressive. was at Ripley Greer...
1: And um I was going to the elevator and just as I got to it, the doors were closing on about like 19 like auditioning like chorus boys and girls and right in front and center in the, squished against the door Elaine Stritch. Mm. And as the door was closing, I was like, no fair, you guys get to ride with Elaine Stritch. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, for Christ's sakes, why do you have- <laughs> as the door closed? <laughs>
2: that you called she was mad that you
1: called her out
0: yeah oh, cause nobody amazing. recognized her amazing. she had no pants on
1: like a crazy hat <laughs> 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 like
0: she was a little yeah.
1: big
2: circle yeah. sunglasses
0: yeah. Yeah. so Countess yeah. Luann yeah uh, how did that come to be how did you hook up with her how it's so you... funny I mean I feel like the housewives have been
1: coming into my life so in mean, the weirdest way. Congratulations, ways. I by mean, the
0: way! Like, thank it's, it's you. It's a huge thank success. I, I mean, a yeah, huge I mean, gig she is killing it. All sorts of places. You know?
1: um, You're
2: by coastal. Is it international yet?
1: No, but we, we will be. Okay, we will be. Very cool. Um, we're definitely going to go to London, like in the next, you know, less than a year, I think. Um, but I mean, she's. We've got dates booked up the Wazoo through uh, at least September. I mean, I've it's just like get working, to working, working, working. Well, let me know if you guys want to come. And, uh, but, I mean, it's, I've been a fan. I mean, I've been watching New York Housewives and New Jersey Housewives and Beverly Hills Housewives from the beginning. Um, and, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's trash TV. You shouldn't, you know. I
2: love trash TV.
1: But, I mean, I, I love some trash TV, but then when people try to sell you on their trash TV yeah. tastes, it's kind of yeah. like, when we come, I need to I work out up. more. I need to, like, volunteer <laughs> for, like, homeless gay youth. I should, like, work on my memoir. You know, like, I should, like, call my mother. Like, what I don't need more of, and, like, the trash TV that I naturally gravitate to is the right amount, possibly too much. Not f- faltering. Well, think know. about it like the junk
0: food that you eat at home and would never offer a guest. Right, like, totally. Although I do ask if you guys want Skittles. Don't me on your Twinkies. <laughs> I am good with my chips and dip. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um... Anyway, I have these weird housewives run-ins because, like, when I was producing the audiobook, so I did one for, I did two for Bethany. Uh, although we didn't have develop much of like a personal relationship, um, but I worked with her on that, and then, uh, and I did two for Teresa, and she and I got very tight, um, and then. Um, Bethany from Real Housewives of New York, Thank Teresa you. from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Bethany's very famous among all the housewives because she is skinny girl. She's
2: a skinny girl. I and almost interviewed to be her assistant once.
1: Wow, well, I that would be that. that would be quite a job. Yep. Um, and Teresa's the one that went to jail for a year, yes. right? With the, you know, skinny. Judice? Uh, Judice. Very good. What, right.
2: great. She's got the, and
1: the exactly yeah. all of the above. Is bitch better? <laughs> oh my dear Teresa. Um, and I also, I had done something with Dorinda at Birdland, like, randomly, I like, I
0: made it nice! <laughs> yeah,
1: she didn't that night, I'll tell you. <laughs> we, 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 it was like, it, it was like Pride, and I know it,
0: Dorinda. Was like, I know it was you. like,
1: it was like 11pm on Pride, everybody was like, so shit-faced, and it was like, I mean, it was me and Dorinda hosting this thing, and then the singers were like, um... I honestly don't remember who the singers were. I want to say like the skivvies, like, but it was yeah. like, um, but Dorinda was like trying to sing like music of the night, and she was like, You start. So it was like me and Dorinda on stage with like Lance Horn playing piano and me being like, Night time sharpens. <laughs> just like trying to like lead a sing along with her. It was so insane. Um, you Ooh, know, and then she'd be, the like, she'd be like, she'd be like, she'd be like, not that one. But, so that was, so I knew Dorinda. And then I would see her around town as you do, you know.
0: I'm obsessed with Trash. Dorinda.
1: Dorinda's amazing. Trash. I mean, she's so, the whole Giovanni thing is the gift that keeps giving. It's so ridiculous. Okay, like, c- continue. Uh, so, sorry, I, 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 I
0: Luanne, if you're listening, we'd love you too.
1: Um, she, uh, Luanne's ex-husband, the Count, was worked in film. Before he really even met her, I think, like, maybe, like, in the 80s, like, he was in L.A. for a while, like, doing, like, I think, like, international financing of films and stuff. I don't really know exactly what he did, but but he was in that for a while, and he became very close friends with this couple, sort of, like, former hippies who were about his age, um, so random, like, not what you'd expect, yeah. um, uh, Todd and Nancy, and Todd's this sort of, like, indie filmmaker, like a really cool California hippie guy and his wife, and they're, like, three kids. And some of their kids are the age of Luann's kids. And they, even after Luann and the Count got married, they stayed very close with Todd and Nancy. And Todd and Nancy's daughter um, is someone that I met and became very good friends with in a 12-step group. And she... um was very supportive of my shows and when her dad Todd was visiting New York from California she brought him to see Patty Issues and he was like really sweet and like really nice about it and he was like you know I really feel like you should meet my friend Luann. she wants to um she really loves like cabaret and like like you know I think like you'd be a really good person for her to know um and I was like yeah okay sure like give me give, give her my email you know and he's like i mean you know, she's kind of like does stuff. She's recorded a couple songs because like she's on this reality show and I was like, Are we There's talking only to
0: one Luann. Countess
1: Luann.
0: <laughs> on a reality and
1: show. And he was like, Yeah, and I was like Give her my email. I was like, so and the three of us were supposed to like get a drink or something like that week. And it never happened. And then like I sent her an email being like, Hey, sorry it didn't work out when Todd was in town, but like, you know, I'd really love to to get together and talk about this. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. I'd love that. And it didn't happen. And we never met. And then, like, I would invite her to see my shows every once in a while. And sometimes she would get back to me and be really sweet and say she couldn't make it. Sometimes I wouldn't hear from her. And then I randomly must have been on her list because I got emails from her a couple of times, like, group emails being, like, you know, blind copied lists being, like, I'm hosting a thing open bar at this gallery on Thursday. (laughs) Like, rando shit. I was like, whatever. And then I read that she was going to do a show at 54 Below, like, two and a half, three years ago. And so I emailed her, and I was like, you know, if you want any help, I'd love to, you know, do whatever I can with you. And I didn't hear back, and then the show never happened. And then, randomly, like, two years ago, I got an email from her being like, when are we going to do my cabaret show? And all of a sudden, we were talking on the phone... A few times a week and getting together, and we just were like working on it, and that was it. Right, three
0: times. Now
2: it's an empire. Whenever any of those shows happen, if you know one gay person in any of these states, they are there. It's amazing. And your how, phone blows how, up. How Everyone how is there.
1: She is. I mean, it's really. I've. I've. Especially like in uh, LA, but cause just because I grew up there. But like yeah. when I've had friends come to the show, who are not. Like housewives people who came like to see my show, yeah, some woman singing, like they don't know, you know right i've been it's amazing how like into it they've been because it's like all the housewives have a thing they sell, the Chardonnay or the. Shoes or the rugs or the you know everyone there everyone the Maloof Hoof the Maloof hoof, the, the Vanderpump <laughs> they yeah, want to be they want to be a brand you know I mean it's all yeah. about the branding especially because in the beginning those people were not making a lot of money for doing the shows now they get paid pretty well but um, but this is genuinely Luanne's passion mm-hmm. I mean like this is what she loves it means the most to her it's like. I mean, I see her going through all the stress of dealing with the housewives and the producers, and like i mean it's really a a very um demanding job that they do on this show, and it's like it's very emotionally taxing and I see her going through that, and it's so sweet to see her get through a couple of days of that and then you know show up for a sound check or a rehearsal or something or performance. And you know, just like the change like in her face. It just you know, it's just someone that's yeah. doing what they love. Yeah. And that's you know, that that's very sweet. And it's nice to see her having such a huge success with it. And and it's so intense for the audience because they're so invested in her. I mean, I think about myself loving the Wicked Witch of the West as a kid, loving Joan Collins and like I really didn't love Joan Collins. I really didn't even know what Joan Collins was. I loved Alexis Carrington on yeah. Dynasty and
2: I should have
1: worn my shirt. Oh, I have several. Yes. we can do a dynasty party. Damn, damn
2: double the greatest, damn,
1: the greatest. Um, that, but that's like there's no separation, like the, the character is the person, you know, so they really are so invested in her actual life. And, like, I mean, I guess I get that in terms of like Patty more so, but mm-hmm. but even then, it would be different if like. I mean, I'm obsessed with Patty, and I'm obsessed with her performances. But like, what if Patty were Ava Perone, who happened mm. to like belt an F? Like, it would just be so like that's what they right. kind of are getting from Luann, and like, um, and her personal story is so dramatic, and so they're so there to and uh, see her have this like triumph over this, you know, com- coming out of all this like adversity, um, and personal triumph coming over coming out of self-inflicted adversity, which is really the greatest, I mean, that's the Greek tragedy of it all, you know, and she just keeps coming out on top, and um, I mean, it's all just so interesting like, the meta-ness is you know, we all, the t-shirts, you know, we want the selfie after the show, you know that's so meaningful to all of us, um, or at least many of us, including myself, you know and and I see that so much with the Luann fans, and it's like in a way that eclipses the importance of the performance is like the selfie for their social media. And the fact that they're watching her cabaret show that they saw her do the cabaret show on real housewives, knowing yes. that that meant real housewives filmed an actual performance of her cabaret show with an actual audience there. And so now they are in a sense, reenacting a scene from real housewives and, and kind of hoping and sometimes getting it true that the cameras will be there, let alone other housewives will be there. I mean, it's like, it's so much like, you know, the snake eating its tail. It's like (laughs) mind-boggling.
2: And the whole uh, aspect of cabaret is way more intimate and you know, you're in the audience as opposed to a proscenium show. Yeah, I mean, it's Countess Luanne and Friends. There's something about being on stage that's and I don't know whose idea it was, but it it automatically makes her a cabaret star because she's with all these other people who have been cabaret stars. Yeah. So it's kind of like she's been um, embraced by this community. Yeah. And it's really cool to see. And I want to go see it, not because I know anything about The Real Housewives, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but because she's doing it with all these other people. And... They raise each other up, you know, they're all... I mean, that's one of the strangest,
1: coolest things about really my gig cool. on this is, like, all those people that I've gotten to work with. I mean, you know, well, we talked about David Burnham, but I mean, like, Laura Benanti or Cheyenne Jackson or Rachel Dratch, you know, it's of just, course. like, these... Um, or these Broadway people that I've just been obsessed with for decades, Sharon McKnight or Sally Mays, <laughs> yeah. you know? it's just like yeah. It's just, like, so crazy to me that this is, like, how it has happened, you know? Not to mention um, just working with Billy Stritch. I mean, I've just been (gasps) such a fan of his, and now we're like in business together, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm not texting, I'm getting our next segment. Oh, sweet. Uh, These are rapid fire questions that we do with all of our guests. Ready? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. What was your last frivolous purchase? (laughs) <laughs> like
1: my whole life is a frivolous purchase. Uh I mean I don't even know. My Amazon and shit is like so constantly churning. Um okay, what was like no like sizable in cost frivolous purchase? Um oh, uh oh I bought this like vintage jams bathing suit from uh the eighties <laughs> on eBay that was like a hundred dollars for this like it's like do you guys even know Jams with like this like surfer brand of like bathing suits and like I can't swim like please I'm wearing it to lay out but like <laughs> it's like <laughs> no but the no but I'll Google they, I saw these on that Mr. Turk they have like these um, they were selling a, like a current new revival of that and like they were sold out and so I was trying to find them somewhere else and I found the original Jams. And so I bought it, and, like, it's just sort of, i mean, I bought a used bathing suit, like, for $100.
0: Wash it twice. Sick. Like, why? why?
1: Why, 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 why? But, but I did that.
0: All right, great. Not that interesting. What was the blame. last first thing you did? The what? The last first thing you did.
1: The last first thing I did was hire somebody on TaskRabbit.
0: Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah. Hot dogs or hamburgers? What's that? Hot dogs or hamburgers?
1: Oh, it depends. Um, uh, I'm not doing a good job with the f- rapid fire. <laughs> I'll edit. This is, like, well, so also, slow. Well, also, am
0: I stuttering? Am I slurring? <laughs> no, I'm, like, so distracted. Um, it's
2: I was, it's like, fit. still
1: thinking about the dirty bathing suit. Um, I was like, maybe I'll just, like, frame it? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> hot dogs or hamburgers? I mean, I'm very picky and weird with food. Like... I really, I love hot dogs and hamburgers, but I really only like hot dogs that are from like Katz's or like Shake Shack. And I really only like hamburgers from like Five Napkin, Peter Luger's, um, PJ Clark's. There's like a list of... Champagne taste over here. I mean, some cheap, trashy things, but just random, specific.
0: Sparkling or flat? Sparkling. Best four bars of Gypsy.
1: Bum, 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 bum! Is that four bars? That's, that's just four notes.
2: Bars. Hired. You're hired. That's,
1: hard. Uh, that's hard. But I'm hired. But what you're
0: saying is the overture. Yeah. It's the best overture
1: of
2: all
1: time. It's the best overture of all time. It's the best overture of
0: all time. Um, do you have a memorable onstage mishap?
1: <laughs> um, what's my memorable onstage mishap? Um, oh, yeah. Um... This is a good story, actually. Uh, So when I was, uh, one of the stories I almost put in Patty's shoes but didn't, but just like I'm obsessed with, when I oh, it was when I was going to do videos in the show, was this episode of Life Goes On, where Patty's character Libby is auditioning for this community theater production, and she's like singing like, I'm corny as Kansas in August, but the director and stage manager and people are like not paying attention, and so she starts like getting like heart, and she's like, I'm in love, I'm in, hold it! She goes, hey, you, yeah, you, auditioning is hard enough, and my performance might not be great, but it's my performance, and the least I expect when I audition for a so-called director like you is a show, a pretense of respect for my work and effort. You got that? And she storms off the stage. And it's, like, so amazing. So I had that video, like, in the list of the videos, and then I didn't use it. Um, And uh, when I was doing Patty, she was on the Gay Cruise, um one of the performances I had to do was this like matinee and the theater that they had me in was not a theater. It was a lounge that was in the middle of the boat and people had to like walk through to get from like one place to the other. And it was just like so degrading, but like, you know, I was just happy for the gig and I mean, please, I would do it every week. I would spend my entire life doing unappreciated performances on a gay cruise rather than like beyond Broadway, you know, but, um, but it was just like so demeaning, like in the middle of this like matinee where I had like 10 people in the audience, there's like, I'm like telling the story of, like my father like slit his wrist and there's like blood dripping down his arm, and you hear like Boo-doo-doo. this is the captain speaking. Due to popular demand, Pandora Box's show tonight has been moved to the Lido Theater, blah 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 blah. And I'm like looking at my like ten people in the audience, right? And then like this guy like comes in and like sits at the bar and is like ordering a drink and he's like being like really noisy and it's like all through the show, he's like getting noisier and noisier. Like, I don't know if he's hitting on the bartender, but just like so loud. And, like, so finally I was, like, I'm going to fucking do it. And I was, like, hey, you. Yeah, you. And I did the speech. And he left. And everybody clapped. And, like, I had, like, a couple friends that were in that audience. Well, that I met on the boat that I, like, stayed in touch with. Who, like, tell me that was, like, the best thing they ever saw. And it was definitely, like, my favorite moment ever. (gasps) Well done.
2: You homosexual.
1: What is something you're currently (laughs)
0: obsessed with?
1: Um I am currently obsessed with I mean, I've been obsessed with this for a while, but I'm in a I'm not like late to the party. I'm just in a really deep moment right now with drag race.
0: Uh, I thought
1: this all star season has been sensational. And yeah. um Do you uh, care who wins? Only in the for the competitiveness horse there's race of clear, it all. There's
2: a clear front runner. And if that person doesn't win, I'll be, like, a little twisted. But um, I'm not going to pull my hair out. I mean,
1: can we talk about it? Yes, like, we can. Like He doesn't
2: want no, it. No, so
0: this is rapid fire. We
2: okay.
1: cannot talk <laughs> about it. No. We'll come back. We'll come okay. back. Go we'll so fuck yourself.
2: He just doesn't like it, so we're I
0: not. also don't like it at all.
1: Have you ever watched the season with Bianca?
0: I've watched one episode, and it was Miss Fangie.
1: Um, you need to um, marathon season six with the one with Bianca and Adore Delano. The I'm telling you, if you did that... If you did that in one afternoon, you would change your feelings. You'd think. I do think you would.
0: I do, too. I do believe. What that. was your high school mascot?
1: A gorilla. <laughs> My high school was <laughs> so like whatever. The gorilla was the mascot and was the school newspaper, but we also had an underground zine called the Gorilla.
2: Gorilla
0: G- Garson Goldberg. Goldberg.
1: Thank you, Maggie. If you had to Salad change your funk. <laughs>
0: If you had to change your first name, what would you choose? Zach. What is your drag name?
1: <laughs> Harlot Oscara.
0: Who would you love to work with?
1: I was going to say Patty Lepone, but I think I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> Too much pressure. Um, I would love to work with Lynn manuel Miranda.
0: Uh, favorite book or author?
1: Oh, God, it's so not... Piece- oh, I'll go with um, L. Frank Baum, Wizard of Oz.
0: Uh... Okay, so I was going to say
1: Gone with the Wind, but I know that's not cool.
0: Hypothetical. You want dessert, but you have nothing in your house that qualifies as dessert. Mm-hmm. What is your Hail Mary makeshift dessert?
1: I mean, do I have honey? Yeah. Do I have maple syrup? Yeah. Do I have butter? Yeah. Do I have
0: any sort of a carb? Oh my God. Rapid fire.
2: I hate this question. So
0: I just answered how. it. Oh, great. Great. It's a oh, good oh, question. Maybe I'm phrasing it wrong, but, like, I don't see you trying to I, rewrite I it. I feel
1: that I answered it, didn't I?
0: Well, yeah, I don't know what that makes, but what would you do with it?
1: Well, do I have waffles,
0: or does that count as having I mean, dessert? It comes with
2: too many questions. Like, what do okay. you mean by there's no sweets?
0: Or people take fucking rapid fire too goddamn seriously. Like, do you, Can you mean... Can you cook?
2: Do you mean toothpaste? Yeah. Toothpaste.
0: Maggie Smith or Judy Dench? Maggie. What was the last subway line that you rode? Um,
1: I've really been, like, not, <laughs> I've been at home, not going out. Um, what did I do just, God,
0: when was the last time I left the Wouldn't house? Does that mean that it was the L because you got home? I can also
1: take the G. But oh. I, but wait, but when did I get back from L.A.? I don't think I've been on the subway. No, I did, I went to 50 Below, but I took a car. Yeah, so the last subway I took was before I left, so... All right, fancy. I, I'm getting really terrible and lazy. I mean, I'm, like, I don't have health insurance. I'm, like, in, like, $100,000 debt. Like, but I will take a fucking Uber. Okay. <laughs> to, you're clo- you're not just now. home. Not just home, but to the place. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm carrying my things. I'm performing. Like, what were my things? Like, a bottle of water.
2: <laughs> An upright vase.
0: Yeah. What's your sign? Taurus. Uh, you can Period. Have... <laughs> Hard stop. You can have lunch with three people, um, not in your field. One's living, one's dead, one's fictional.
1: Ooh, fun. Okay, not in my field. Um, Great, 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 great. Um, Michelle Obama. I mean, I'm sure everybody says that, but Michelle Obama. Um, Fictional Scarlett O'Hara. And dead... I'm embarrassed that I don't have one quicker. T- I'm like, who's like a amazing, like, dead Jewish feminist? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like Emma Goldman wouldn't be that much fun. I was like, just going to say that. No, like, you know what? Like, Betty Comden. Like, let's just fucking, like, oh, no, not in my field. Not in my field. Well, I'm not a lyricist.
0: Yeah. I'll let you have it. Thank you. Um, a performance that inspired you as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um. Clearly not cats.
1: Clearly not. Um, yeah, Kim Criswell, whatever. She follows me on Twitter, so I should be grateful. Um, but I'm about to come for her hard when I do Anything Goes on uh, in Broadway World, and I can't wait. Um, yeah.
2: Spoiler.
0: Um, You didn't tell me what performance oh, inspired good.
1: you as a kid. Oh, that I saw, like, actually saw, yeah. like, not Patty and Evita. And ranking in Annie.
0: <laughs> yes! Um... <laughs> last rapid fire question.
1: No, I love rapid fires so I'll get better. I'll of get all better. of
0: the Patty issues, which is your favorite issue? Hmm. Um. Don't jaw drop me. I, I like know, my one. questions are fucking solid. Except one. Of all the Patty issues, which is my
1: favorite issue. My favorite of them is the fact that, like, I could have, you know, like, in Into the Woods, when, like, Rapunzel sings from offstage and the witch interrupts whatever's going on? She's Ooh. like her puns listen to her beautiful music like I could be anywhere and like the faintest like Patti LuPone voice could be coming in from another room talking anything and I'm just immediately like melt (laughs) into just like just reverie of love yeah
0: that's a good answer there are seven very well known dwarves in history If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? <laughs> Belty. There you go. I
2: think we've had one other Belty. We have which two. is really Twin surprising. Dwarves. And it was
1: Bonnie Milligan, so I'm in really <gasps> good company.
2: Yes, it <laughs> was, was it really Bonnie Milligan? It was! I think it was, I, I think it was actually. I really
1: do too. Because I swear I didn't listen to her episode. I swear. To oh, God. well, you should. That's fine. That's
0: I
2: think it was Belty. I think it
0: was too. Wow.
2: Spot on.
0: Um,. We must wrap up because it's very late. Um, but where can people find you on the internet? Where can I'm people find you? On can people... Ben, ben Rumelauer,
1: on everything. Um, Note to self update my website. Um, all my social media is Ben Rimmelauer, Twitter, Facebook, Insta. You know. So convenient. So convenient. Um,
0: and that's the where it'll be announced when there are Luann
1: shows and uh, well the Luann shows are all on CountessLuan.com. dot com. Great. Um, and we've got a bunch coming up at Fifty Four Below starting February twentieth. Um, oh great. And we're this weekend in Miami Beach, uh, which I think is sold out. But I think there's tickets at Fifty Four Below. Um, and uh, yeah. And Broadway World is my column,
0: and Broadway World is your column. Ben, thank you so much for having us in your home thank on you Wednesday for, thank night. You. Thank
1: you for coming. Um, this is so much
0: fun. Thank you. What a treat! Just like spend time. Yes, I love you. Real both. time, this not working good. time.
2: Actually, good, meet good. the icon that you are because you are. Whether you if like you, it or not, I
1: do like it. I wish I felt it, but I'm really <laughs> grateful <laughs> that Feel you it. say
0: it. Feel it. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was I off-key. That was not... I don't know. In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizy.
2: And Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com.
0: We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Wiener, W-I-E-N-E-R our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode
2: you can find him at jessewiener.com
0: last but certainly not least we'd like to thank kevin thomas garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos you can find him online at ktgnyc.com we are all over the internet on facebook instagram and twitter at in the Room pod
2: follow us like us share us pimp us out And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you so much.